In today's episode, Dave interviews Jamie Moyer. Jamie is a Second City alum who has been on Parks and Recreation, Bonnie Blake Parole Officer, and has had reoccurring roles on Jennifer Falls on TV Land. Jamie performs regularly at I.O. West and the Second City Hollywood. I'm Ian Foley, and this is ADD Comedy. The name thing, everybody likes their name. My name, well, Moyer is an easy, Yeah. but you got the first part. But also, Jamie in Spanish is Jaime. The way that my name is spelled, J-A-I-M-E. Oh. Which my mother's and father's intent was the French, J-A-I-M-E. Jamais. Or j'aime, to love, j'aime. you know, oh. je t'aime. Je t'aime. But, but uh, you know, I've been teased, I've been called Jaime a lot in my life, which bothered me when I was little because Jaime was the name of the guy who worked in Jack Tripper's kitchen at his, oh. in his restaurant. And I didn't want to be called a boy's name. No. I had enough problems. Yeah. Jaime <laughs> <laughs> um, is also a derogatory term for a Jew. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. 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 And Hymie. it sounds kind of like Hymie. Yeah. It sounds like Hyman. Hyman. Yeah. Hyman. You're all set. Yeah. I get enough. I got enough. I'm fine. I'm but fine. But you know what? Now it's fine. No, but it, some of my friends do. Te- they do call me Jaime as a as a tease. But I, here they're gonna do it. Well, the idea of uh, the idea of uh, of us getting past all those things is just so rockety good. Yeah. Like the idea of oh that shit doesn't bother me. Fucking yeah. no more. Yeah. All that shit that you thought. All we that were shit. little, but those were the biggest. I tell you, I was having this conversation with someone next time. Go, uh-huh. I'm so glad that when I grew up, there was no social media like there is now. You know, it, it was like if something happened, it happened at school, and then everyone forgot about it because there was no way to relive it again and again and again. Right, right, right. I feel bad for these kids nowadays. It's like, and and oh, I used to think how glad I was that I wasn't around when there was crack cocaine. <laughs> Honest to God, because it's like, oh, I fucking wrap my head around that shit. I would, I would so wrap my head around that call. Uh, I remember doing, I remember doing, um, I might have mentioned this before, doing PCP, which I think is horse tranquilizer or something, with my friend Steve Sorf. I was 14 or 15. Oh. And I remember standing on a landing, a third floor landing, overlooking the ground, going, I can fly. Oh, you bad boy. I could fly. I know no. I could fly. And going, no, no, don't do that. So, yeah. Uh, but social media, it it does not allow us to have uh, to evolve. Well, it's possible that you can't evolve out of that. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're videotaped by your friends doing something, or you accidentally, it's it's out there now, right? And also the the harassment. So when you were little, and if you were in a time where you were teased, you could go home and not have to think about it. Right. You had a a, a break. Mm-hmm. At home. Right. And here's another thing. You could also hide it from your family. Oh, yeah. Where you go, nothing happened. Yeah, yeah. But nowadays, it's like, oh, there's that picture of that. Oh. Fuck, right? Oh, it breaks Fuck. my heart. I feel bad for him. I, and, and here's another thing. Like, when you're tagged in a picture with people that you don't want to be tagged in or, um, yeah. I've, I, me, I do I. I I improvise a lot, and when I'm improvising, I'm it's balls out. I don't. I'm not trying to look cute. Some of those pictures of me improvising looks like Beelzebub's child, and and I and they're out there now. They're on the internet, right? Forever, right? And, and you know, you. I don't like pictures of myself when I'm improvising because sometimes I'm playing some real raunchy characters. Well, yesterday when you came in and was the referee, 
Yes, thank you. <laughs> yeah, the referee in that scene. It's like, that was fucking perfect. And you were like, Roger, yeah. God, I'm getting yeah. really down and oh. hungering down. and oh. being, But you're being a fucking referee. Yeah. Who wants to be on stage? And, and be a cute referee. But there's also that. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, some people do. Who wants Back to be down, on stage everybody. and also be in the audience watching, judging? You can't be on stage mm -hmm. and be in a show and be in the audience and judge what you're doing while, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's this governor going, I gotta look pretty or whatever it's gonna be because I don't see, when I'm playing those characters, I don't see David. Yeah. If I was going to be on the outside looking in, that vision is, last night I played a, a, a dad in, in a park or whatever it's going to be. Or, you know what, I, I don't see myself as myself doing that. I see myself as a character playing that. Yeah, yeah. Like the dad last night was wearing shorts and yeah. he was outside and there was a fire or totally. whatever it was going to be. And you don't see, we work so, we work so hard to get our imaginations to the point where we suspend our disbelief. And we, yes, exactly. We care not how, how it looks because we're so embodied in that character. Exactly. And what we see inside of our head is not that which is what's happening, mm -hmm. but we have to surrender to the fact that right now I'm going to lie on the the ground, mm -hmm. it's a floor, mm -hmm. and outside, it's inside, mm -hmm. but go, this is all that I need because I gotta go, what does the floor look like or how do I look good doing this? Right. Like, then you're that. in your head and now you can't be you can't be pure within the scene your scene work because you're in your head and you're caring too much about how you look which is why I just try to ignore it if they're taping the show or if someone's taking pictures I really try to put it out of my head because um, it, you know unless they're sitting like in the front row snapping pictures which I think is just very jarring mm -hmm. when you're trying to uh, you know I, I believe in trying to be authentic. Right. And if my if my instinct is to enter, I, the last thing I want to be worried about is if I look cute <laughs> coming in as this football referee throwing down flags. It's enough for me to try to remember terminology like flag down. <laughs> Flag, flag down. Flag down. $10,000 fine. <laughs> exactly. There's a flag down. Flag down. Um, I don't mind it because I'm a huge, I, I love having my picture taken. I just love I it. I do too, but yeah. I, I like to be, I like to be aware, I like to be aware that it's happening. <laughs> like at the, if I go to a wedding, I'm one of the ones who's like, let's go back to that photo booth and put on those funny hats. I must have so many pictures of me at weddings and funny hats and bow ties. <laughs> um, when was the last time you were at a wedding? Um, just probably about a month ago. Mm. Uh, Mike and Allison from um, IO. Oh, yeah, they got married. Yeah, it was really nice. Oh, it was what really a, nice. What a fucking handsome couple. Oh, yeah, they are gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah, they're gorgeous. Like, there's some people that are... that. <laughs> have you watched... Uh, I'm sure you have. I, I started watching um, Louis, Louis, the Louis show. Louis. Yeah. Louis, it's called Louis. Louis. Right, right? Louis. Louis. Right. And um, he is just so fucking candid about the way he looks that it makes me feel good about the way that I feel about the way that I look. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Where he's so honest. God damn it, to the point where you go, but I I I started watching it. I've seen it before. Um my friend uh Rusty Schwimmer. Do you know Rusty? Rusty, have you seen the show? This have show? you seen Louie? Yes. Okay. So Rusty plays uh Rusty is a 
big, red-haired, awesome fucking person, played his sister, who, who was pregnant, came over for a day, and ended up like having farts or something. Do you remember? She's <laughs> pregnant. Okay, it's a fucking awesome episode. <laughs> it is awesome. Hilarious. But it's one of those things where I'm going, I've seen it before, and I was watching it last night at like at 3 o'clock in the morning. We talked about staying up late. Watching it at 3 o'clock in the morning, going, oh my God, this is just so raw. But that, if, when I give myself that permission to be raw on stage, yeah. Everything falls into place because I don't have to hide anything. And it's also a challenge to me to say how real, how, how truthful, not real, how truthful can I make this moment? That is so great. And not trying to make it funny, trying to make it honest. Right. Yeah. Not and trying. Making. Right. It being honest. It being, an, it being a moment in, in existence. Exactly. And you just saying, I am living this moment in existence at this moment. This moment is all that fucking matters. And whatever else is going to, what the residue that's going, I'm sorry, the residual effect of whatever it is that I'm going to be, I don't know what that's going to be. Yeah. And I don't care. And I don't care because if I cared, then it would change the feeling that I'm having in this moment with this moment. Right. The relationship that I have with this moment. Right. So that's, that's how people, that's how people get in their heads. That's why I, I, I think I've had students where they're, they're on the back line and all they're doing is replaying what they've just done and said and they're missing what's happening now in the moment and then they're, they're missing little things like names and things like that but they're also missing big picture things and thematic things because as soon as they come off the back line doing their scene they're going well I shouldn't have said that but I think I think it was funny when I said this and they did laugh at this and, and they're, they're standing on stage but you can see in their eyes they're miles away. Absolutely. They're in the past already. Right, right, right. Judging it. Uh, but isn't that true of life in general? Where mm. you are in the middle of doing something, you did something, you enjoy what it was that you just did, and then you walk away and you're in your car and you're going, wow, why did I do that? Why did I do that? And instead of doing this, going, that happened. What's next? What's now? What's now? Oh, well, I think you're right, and it's nearly impossible to do. <laughs> well, I have fun doing it. Yeah, you, if you, you, you have to consciously choose to live in the moment, I think, without worrying. I'm a worrier, so sometimes I worry about past, and I worry about future, too. What if you stop calling yourself a worrier? See, that's great. I would love to. But, well, then do it. Because you just did it. I didn't know you were a worrier until you said that. Yeah. So the moment that you, you what, what you just did was you brought up something that isn't necessarily true. And made it so by saying it. Exactly. Because thoughts yeah. are things. I, yeah. Thoughts are things. Thoughts are things. I know. But the thing is like thoughts are things. And people say it. And I think that not a lot of people realize what that means. Yeah. Because the moment that you say, you know what? I'm the type of person who, and I'm going, well, okay, what have I said to you? You're the type of person who, wouldn't you bristle against that yeah. saying, who the fuck are you to tell me who I am? Yeah. Well, who the fuck are you to tell you who you are? Yeah. <laughs> Dave, that's deep as hell, Dave. Well, this is another thing. <laughs> you don't, here's the something. <laughs> you don't have to do any of this stuff. Yeah. You get to do this stuff. Now, when I say that. I'm big on that one. Well, then why? A friend of mine taught me that a long time yeah. ago. Yeah. I don't have to go to work. I don't have to go teach. I get to go teach. Right. And to keep in mind that, um, I think a nice uh, way to check back in is if people are feeling, um, if, if you're feeling sorry for yourself or you're thinking, like I always think about every actor in this business is looking at someone else. So that means that Nicole Kidman's looking at, you know, Meryl Streep or Naomi Watts and she's like, why didn't I get that, that tsunami movie? You know, so it's like it never stops, but you have to quell that. 
You know, it's like, uh, or, or you know, there's a reason Jack Nicholson took the movie Wolf in the 90s. He's got a mortgage to pay. Right. Just like we've got rent to pay. And it's like, you want to do this movie called Wolf or you turn into a werewolf? We'll give you, you know, five million. Sure, I'll do it. Right. Here's know? the thing. He doesn't give a fuck. He doesn't give he a fucking shit. Give a shit. Yeah. He fucking doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't fucking care. I want to know. I want to know. Okay, because if if Nicole Kidman is looking at Naomi Watts and Naomi Watts is looking at who the fuck is Naomi Watts looking at? Who's another Australian actress? So Naomi Watts, because you just mentioned two Australian right, actresses, right? That was right? weird. I didn't right? even do that. So, on <laughs> so you're look, pro. Okay, what's, right. So, but but if those people are looking at those people who are looking at those people, there's gotta be a top of the mountain. I have one. Who? Meryl Streep. Oh. She ain't looking at nobody. <laughs> She's looking in the mirror like I did it. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly. I did it. Today's the day. I'm reading the tipping point, which is just. Have you read it? Oh, Gladwell, I love him. Oh my God, no, but I'm just I'm, reading. I'm, I have never read the Tipping Point, but I'm a big fan of the Outliers, and I have um, some nice parallels. But somebody who told me, uh, Russ Guberman, one of my students, who has just an awesome name, Russ said that the Outliers changed his life. Um, so in the Tipping Point, they're talking about was it Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. Oh, I love that king. Right. So Kevin Bacon on the list of the people that are in the most movies, you know, like that, the six degrees mm-hmm. of separation. He is like 2,000th. There's one person that's number one. That is, the e- more people are connected to this one actor than anybody Who else. Rod Steiger. What? Right. No. Yeah. Rod Steiger, because Rod Steiger was around for a long time, did did cowboy movies, did um, did cowboy movies, did uh, uh, he did the pawnbroker, he did a lot uh, of cameos Capone, as he got older, right? Probably. He did all those movies, and those movies connected him to all those things. So the thing about the tipping point that I'm reading right now is um, because it's about about it's about levels of influence, but it's also about this. How much out of your comfort zone or how much outside of your wheelhouse do you live? So the idea that you and I, we, uh, we're, we're improvisers. Mm-hmm. I have done, I don't know about you, but I, I'm sure you have. You've done theatrical things in plays. Mm-hmm. You went to, you, you went to, uh, you got a degree in what? I got a degree in theater at U of D Mercy. Right. And I did a lot of plays in Michigan. Okay, great. You did a lot of plays in Michigan. So you met with, you know a lot of people. Because when you're doing improv, you're pretty much, I'm, have you gone to how many, have you gone to the, uh, the, IO, the IO page saying how many shows you're in? It mm-hmm. fills up an entire, like your schedule. Mm-hmm. So you're doing the same show, mm-hmm. right? But when you're doing a play, you do The Merry Wives of Windsor, and maybe you do Cuckoo's Nest, and maybe you'll do, so all these plays have different actors in it, which has different, different spheres of influence, and you're connected in different ways, so you know different people, whereas I think that we're insulated doing if we're staying here and doing the same old thing. Do you understand what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, so, for example, if I go and do a play, um, and I just saw a fabulous play at a theater, and it really made me want to do a play really bad, um, The Life and Almost Death of Eric Argyle at Son of Semele. Oh, I like Beverly. that. What a cute little place. Loved it, and it made me, it really made, it was like, 
like for people who want to have kids and then they see a kid, that's how I felt when I was at the theater. I was like, I want that again. Because I used to do, you know, that was what I used to do. But you're right. You, so my friend was in that place. So she went and did this play and met all these new people who she'd never met before. And now when she goes to do another play, she's going to meet all these new people who she never met before. And we are, we are this way. And I'm doing, you know, I do two shows a week at Second City and, and two, I do two sketch shows at Second City, two improv shows at I.O., but and that and 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 to take what you're saying, I think what's interesting out here is that kind of counts as my socializing, which is very different from how it is in in the Midwest. Yeah. There's no card games. There's no like. There's 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 parties, but parties are planned, and there's evites or emails, and it's 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 very much like if you're going, you don't feel alone because you're hanging out and talking to people. Like we did the, that show last night, we hung out, we talked to people, right? We went home, we stayed up late watching bad TV, um, but it felt like we went out, right? But but that was also work, but it's not really work, and we don't get paid, right? It's all very complicated out here. It's interesting because what he's saying, what I just read, and, and the tipping point is, he said the connection, the, the major connection isn't friendship, it's acquaintances. Because acquaintances you have, you aren't in their, you aren't heavily in their fortress. You know what I mean? They come to visit you. You just, your acquaintances, you're not connected to. Do you understand yeah, what I mean? Absolutely. So those acquaintances are really, like your connection to those acquaintances are the ones that really spread you in, in ways that you aren't connected. Because I see you when I do cherry, uh, cherry pick uh, uh, on Monday nights. I see you. I just saw Nancy, who I haven't seen in a while. Right. Nancy Edwards. And who I haven't seen in a while, and her husband, who I haven't seen in a while, and all these people are are, are acquaintances. So when we allow ourselves to connect to those acquaintances, what we're really doing is allowing ourselves to open up the blinkers, the blinders that you know horses have, and to go, okay, there's a world outside the world that I'm living in. How many of us are not living outside the world that we're living in? Right. Yeah. Well, it that's that's the quandary of this town. Is quandary the right word? <laughs> quandary would be the that's right the, word. That's the query. That's a quandary. That, that's a that's query. Question it's of, a that's query. a question to be answered yeah. here. Well, you know, I did a, I remember doing a casting director workshop. God bless. I can't remember who it was with, the name of the guy. But he was like, you better find something that you like to do outside of this business because chances are you're not going to make it. Like he was one of these really, uh, oh, Jesus Christ. he was one of these really blunt kind of dudes. What do you think about like, that? If you wanna, I mean, I, I think that he's right. You know, if, if you want to have a kid, you better have a kid. If you want to take a pottery class, take the fucking class. Right. Because if your life is auditioning and doing shows and if you're, you know, you're, if, if that's it, and that's all, then you have to be happy in it because it's your life and it's moving by at a lightning's pace. And out here with no seasons changing, this shit is like, I, I blink and I've been here five years. I'll be here five years in November. Wow. Five years. You're one of my new friends. Yeah. Crazy, right? Right. Yeah. I've been out it feels here. Like I've been out here for a long time. In January, I'll be out here twenty years. And yeah. go, what the fuck? I've been out here twenty years. Yeah. Twenty years. But it's also true nowadays. Now that it's not raining in Cali in Southern California anymore. Right. Now that it's not raining, then there's really no season because the rainy season was at least a figment of season. Yeah. Um, which is the name of my next book. Figment <laughs> of season. I swear it's gonna be, it's uh, a figment. It, that makes me think. There's a figment of season. That's for that, that's when we do the movie in 1971, <laughs> <laughs> and Di Dionne Warwick sings and, it. And Meryl Streep is in it because she can do whatever she wants. Yeah, she can. She can time travel. Yeah, she can fucking time travel. She can do. Um, she can do well. Ill. She won't. I, I saw her. 
When I think of Meryl Streep, what when you think of Meryl Streep, what movie do you think of? Uh, Kramer versus Kramer, maybe. Oh man, right? Silkwood. Oh. Right. Oh, uh, so what many about good that? Ones. What? Devil Wears Prada. I love how she chose to play her oh. so quiet. She's so good. But uh, French Lieutenant's woman. Yeah, French Lieutenant's wife. 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 Yeah. Wife. Woman. Sexy. Sophie's Choice. Was she in that? She, I think she was, but I honestly don't think I've ever seen Sophie's Choice, which is very uh, naughty. She is in Sophie's Choice. Sophie's Choice, well, right. Well, like I said, I'm very good at six degrees, and right. I used to work at a video store and a movie theater when I was a teenager. I worked at both at the same time, and <gasps> and, and my mom had a theater when I was growing up. I mean, I literally grew up, up in it, like in a theater, and so I'm, I'm very familiar with plays and movies, but not necessarily have I seen them all. Right. You know what I mean? But right. I know who's in them. And because of watching, I, I think because of watching plays over and over again, mm -hmm. sitting in the audience every night, and there's always, you know, stories about my crib and the light booth and everything, that... Um, there is those stories? There are oh, those yeah, stories? Those, that, uh -huh. that, that was a thing. So you're essentially a, a Fanny thing. Bryce or Sammy Davis Jr. Yeah, for sure. Well, my, my dad says, literally, born in a trunk. I'm like, literally? No. <laughs> but, uh, but so... So watching plays over and over again, I think led to me watching movies over and over again. So I used to buy previously viewed VHS when I worked at the video store. And so even watching trailers over and over again. Um, and and I, I teach my students about their reference level. And I'm like, you know, when you want to be a good improviser, all you need to do is know a little bit about a lot of things. It's so, but it's, and, and it's that thing, that same thing about what that casting director said, which is, Get out of get. Know that the, know that the more that you know, the more that you you're, you're opening yourself up to. Yeah. So when I Dell used to do this, he'd go, oh, "What's everybody reading?" And he would, and people would be reading. Well, I'm reading Impro, or I'm reading this actor's biography, and he'd go, "Well, you're gonna read more than that." Yeah. And he would bring up books on physics, and he would bring up books on history, and he would bring up fantasy books, and he would bring up all these things. And when we open up ourselves to that, I think what also ends up happening is we become less desperate about our career has to look like that, our life has to look like that that thing, whatever you, you perceive it to be. Because at this moment, you're opening yourself up to the world that is out there and get the fuck out of your house. Yes, that's how good I felt going to see that play. Right. I was like, God, I need to go see more plays. Why have I not done that? I think it's this, our lives are very weird here. And like, if you look in my calendar, which I have my, you know, CVS calendar with a kitten on it that I've had since I was a teenager but it's like there's not really ever a day off there's always something but some of those some things are very small mm -hmm. there's like a two out maybe I coach for two hours on a day and I have nothing else to do on that day but it still feels like not a day off <laughs> I get it I get it today you know what I'm doing today packing for your amazing trip there's that this this is the only thing on my today Oh, this, this, is, this is my only thing on today. Now, this being, and yesterday, <laughs> the only thing on yesterday was cherry mm -hmm. pick yesterday at 11 o'clock or whatever the fuck yeah. is going to be. So that was my entire day. I'm going, oh, I got to do that thing later. Well, that like, is true, though. It's not a day <laughs> off, but it, it fucks with our, it, it messes with our mind. So, like, I have friends who work nine to five back in Michigan, and the weekends, they live for the weekends. And, and it's like, I don't really even have a weekend at all, but at the same time, God, oh my God, people get mad at me when I say this, but it's like most days I, I wake up when the good Lord tickles me eyelids. You know, like I don't have a, I don't, 
don't have to wake up most days. <laughs> I'm, I, I totally understand that. But I think, Jamie, that's also the reason that you and I stay up until 3.30 oh, in the morning. Oh, it is the reason. Because we go, what is there tomorrow? Yeah. Because I do talk to people going, the people who say, oh, I don't know how you stay up so late. It's like, you know why I stay up that late? Because shit's got to be done. Yeah. And that shit is, someone better watch Netflix or that's going yeah, off yeah, the yeah. air. You understand yeah. what I'm doing? You're welcome. Yeah. Someone has to make sure that when I wake up in the morning, because I do wake up like 8 o'clock in the morning. You I, do? I'm a, oh. I'm a four and a half, five hour guy. So I wake up in the morning and I go, all right, all right, I'm cracking. Somebody made internet for me and I better appreciate it. <laughs> You know what I mean? To live large and to be uh, able to grab onto all that shit. Yeah. We're blessed. Yeah. Too blessed to be stressed. Too blessed to be stressed. <laughs> That's got to be a Detroit thing. That, yeah, oh, for sure. It would, it would, Detroit has a lot of sayings. I, I had, you know when you get your headshots and then you get the little postcards with your pictures on them? Well, I had nothing to do with those. Those were there. So one year at my birthday, I autographed all of them and I passed them out. And then, so some of them said, too blessed to be stressed. Some of them said, I lift up Detroit in prayer, which was a bumper <laughs> sticker that I saw. <laughs> and then uh, my favorite, watch like no one's dancing. You know, and I just pass them out. <laughs> There's nothing else to do with them. Watch like no one's <laughs> dancing. Oh my yeah. God! There's somebody that's been using that uh, that structure, uh, dance like no 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 no, and it's Shania Twain, um, Amy Grant. Is that who? I don't but, know. But what they're doing is they're using that structure and they're saying, um, dance like you didn't dance like you didn't just kill someone. Eat as if there's more food in the bolster and the couch, and it's like that third one. You're going, oh my god, I love that structure. That yeah. somebody's taking it. What took them so the fuck long to really fuck with that uh, dance? Like no one's. Oh watching. yeah, and please mess mess with it because it's a little bit ridiculous. Oh my like, god, you know those like wooden blocks that have all the, the sayings on them. But there's also a great Twitter page, which I don't know if this is exactly right, but it's 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 like Kim Kardashian Kierkegaard and it's combining Kierkegaard with Kardashian. So it's like, it's like Kardashian. So it's like her actual quotes and his quotes mixed together. So it's like, I, my butt looks really good today, but is, is it even part of, of reality? We'll never know for the night doth come soon. You know, so it's like, they combine. I love it. I love that oh Twitter page so much. Can you believe like how much time we spend? I spend so much fucking time on that computer oh yeah i'm on my phone that's what i said as soon as i came in i'm like do you have a charger because right. i left my charger at home it's like leaving your insulin at home it's like oh what am i gonna do without my charger when i need it for me i feel like when i'm on an airplane if there's no fucking plug in the airplane I'm like what the fuck's happening and yeah. i was on an american airlines flight which had um the cigarette lighter adapter yeah old I, school fucking you're a major air what yeah. what's happening I love Delta because they have that little TV and it's and it's so funny because I fall asleep. It's not so funny, but I fall asleep with the TV on. And so I will plug in my earphones and put something on the little TV on Delta and then fall asleep. My earphones in with a TV show playing. Nice. Yeah. I like Delta. Nice. Delta's well, Delta also takes you to Michigan, right? Yeah. That's why you do Delta. Oh, yeah. Right? For sure. Well, yeah. I, I go to Michigan a lot, which is, of course, where my mom is and many of my friends. and But the, there's a... There's a theater there, the Planet Ant Theater, yes. that I used to be artistic director of. Yes. And many of our friends also. Yes. Uh, Funk started it with Nancy, Margaret Edukowski, Keegan was there. All of us were there, you know. And uh, the man who owns that theater will fly me home with his frequent flyer miles. What's his name? Hal Soper. Yes. Flies me home with his frequent flyer miles. Then I teach workshops 
that money that I make from the workshops goes into the theater budget. So he spent nothing. I spend time teaching. That money goes into the theater and technically nobody loses any money. He do you, do you, are money. you, are you bringing any money in for you? Yeah. If I, if I do two workshops, I can keep all the money from the second one. Got it. But like this last time I went home for my mom's birthday, I just taught one workshop. Uh -huh. All that went to the theater and it was a great way to go home. Just like, boom, I can go home for the opening of an envelope. So right. I, that is why I fly Delta. And, and believe me, he has, that's pretty cool that he does that for me because when times are lean, I can still get home anytime right. if something bad happens, if something good happens, yeah. I can get home. Love it. Yeah. Love it. And I need those students to keep, you know, I, by going home and performing, like we, the 313 played the Detroit Improv Festival, it still keeps, it still, I get to meet new people. Right. And then they'll take the class. Whereas, I, so I, it feels nice knock on your beautiful wood table that is gorgeous. Thank you. Uh, but uh, knock on wood that I don't, I, I don't stop being someone that people know of there. I, I, I understand what you're saying, and it's impossible for you to stop being someone. It's impossible for, for you not to be this person. You understand what I'm saying? Like, I think, okay, things are really going well. And then I get that little ego voice that says, well, how long can this go on? It sounds a little like Dell. So <laughs> how long can this go on? And then I go, what the fuck am I talking about? The more people that I know, the more connections that I have, the more I am spreading myself out there so people, not thin, but spreading myself out, putting myself out there, exposing the universe Say to who it is yes. that I am. Exactly. And saying, I, this is the job that I have. My job is, and I've said it before, my job is to be Dave Rosowski. And the more people know of the product called Dave Rosowski, the more work I'm going mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. and have. Got going it. to get and have. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, just this morning I saw your trailer for Nick Bush's Dad on a Veil. Yeah. It looks gorgeous. It's really good. Yeah. You've done a bunch of those too, right? Yeah, I love doing that stuff. I, and, um, I did one recently, not too long ago, and the sound was bad. Oh, I hate that. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Hey, you guys out there, fucking don't scrimp on sound. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah, my cousin's got a boom mic and he's got a, a, a voice no, recorder. bad sound makes it, bad sound makes it, can ruin it. Can, can ruin, ruin it. Clearly ruin nice. it. Yeah. And nobody is going to go in. If your product, if your project is, is especially, is essentially kickstarted, you're not going to have to do a Kickstarter in order to go, you know what, we've got some Foley work that we're going to have to do. We've got some additional uh, dialogue recording ADR that we're going to have to do. And you go, uh-uh, listen, know what the fuck you're going to do. And here's another thing. Ask the fucking universe to give it to you, and it's going to be given to you. Because if you say, we don't have the budget for blah, 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 it's like, really? You don't have the budget for it? Well, here's, your, here's the plan. Get the fucking budget. <laughs> For your to-do list. Right. Put this on the to-do list. Yeah. And, you know, you can have those other things on the to-do list, well, too. Well, can ruin everything. And in the moment, you don't realize just how bad it is because you've got a guy with a headphones plugged into a camera who doesn't understand that it sounds shitty. Right. And once it sounds shitty, that's it. Right. I'm not going to listen to it. So it's like, that. And it's like, uh-uh. No, uh-uh, no. Uh-uh, no, no. No, no. 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 Um, I have a question. Uh, going back to something that you said. Your you skipped a big part of becoming the artist known as Jamie Moyer because your parents and that big part was this struggling with your parents to understand who the fuck it is that you are and what you want in this world oh, in yeah. terms of being an actor. Oh, yeah. Because everybody that I know, aside from you, 
I'm going to say you and Carell, because Carell's folks are like, what do you want to do? We'll help you do that. Yeah. And P. Diddy. And P. Diddy. P. Diddy's, I was, this is years ago that I was watching P. Diddy, Puff Daddy's behind the music, Sean Combs, and his mom, he's, his mom was on there and she goes, you want to know what I told my son? I told my son, you can have whatever you want if you work hard enough and you will get it. Absolutely. No questions asked. You will get whatever you want. She said, I told him that from, from the time he was a small child. And it's like, whoa, he totally did. And so when he went to, I believe it was Def Jam, but when he went to whatever, whatever was the first um, recording company and he was like, I want to intern here. I do not want to be paid. I want to get coffee. I want to do whatever you want. Do not pay me. I will do anything. And now he's a multimillionaire, but she's her thing on the, the behind the music was, it was never a question that he would be this famous and rich. It was never a question because I told him he would be. She gave him permission to do it. Now, my parents weren't there. That's a little bit different. But when you say whose parents are supportive, I just always think about how she gave him that bit of advice. But I'm so support, lucky. support, support, support and, and, and belief. Right. And and my mother and my father are both actors and my mother is a director and they absolutely understood. And I had every, and I'm an only child, OC, OC in the house. <laughs> well, you and Amanda Tate. Yeah. Oh, we talk about being OCs. Yeah, yeah mm -hmm. for sure. But, but um, yeah, absolutely right. There was never, but I will say this. I don't know that they were so happy about it. They might have been delighted to have a doctor because they struggled their entire lives to create art. But you never heard, don't do that, did you? Never. Right. Never. You never heard, because I know my dad was like, uh, you know what I want to do, son? I want to get you, and this is literally what he said, I want to get you into, I want to, I want to get you into the uh, electrical workers union, IBW, look at 134. Um, I can get you oh. in and uh, and you can do the brand of hand to hand back. <laughs> and then at 65, my dad decided he wanted to be an actor. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I love it. And you know what he hasn't stopped doing? Acting and making money. And fucking doing it. I love it. But that, it took him that, you know, but but my point is this. Yeah, P. Diddy. Yeah, you. Yeah, Carell. Like the idea of having that support. And that's why being a teacher, I feel like being a teacher and being a director and being, you know, being uh, an elder states person, which is essentially what we are as well, yeah, right? Yeah. That people come up to us and they'll say, I want to do this. And we go, then do it. Yeah. That's all it takes is a leap of faith. Right. Yeah. And a leap of faith really isn't even a leap. Yeah. You don't have to do anything except say, what if I pretend that this is true? Yeah. What if I pretend that I could do this? I'm going to pretend that I could do this. Because that's essentially what anybody's doing anyway. We're all pretending that we could do this. Yeah. And then we get to pretend that we could do it one more day. I get to yeah. pretend that I could do this. One more day, I get to pretend that I could do this. Yeah. And it's a fun thing to pretend too. I can't imagine, I, well, here's the thing. I like to say I can't imagine doing anything else, but there's just no way that I, I, I don't. I, oh, see, I'm getting, I'm treading on thin ice here where I say I'm not programmed to do anything else because that's not true. I just haven't, I just haven't engaged in doing that other thing because it's not interesting enough. Well, and that's the case. And, I, and my backup plan, if, uh, uh, which I don't spend much time thinking about what it is, I think I can just exist this way forever, which I am having fun and creating, which I love to do. But let's just say it got to a point where I was like, well, I'm, you know, I'm, I can't, I'm barely scraping by. I, want, I need more work. 
when I was in college, I was also the prop master. I would, you know, I'd probably work in the art department out here. I would still want to work within this your, realm. You're, you're not surviving, you're thriving. Yes, I feel that, I absolutely do. And money has never, I want money. Uh, you know, I desperately would love money, but-, but You don't but, desperately, no, no, not desperately. There's no desperate. No desperate. I would enjoy money, but I'm enjoying my life more than the desire to have cash. You do enjoy money. I do, yes. You do enjoy money because I think a lot of people, particularly people who are improvisers, improvisers, I say that as a disparaging, disparaging word, people who are improvisers say, yeah, yeah, I'm doing it for the love. Fuck the love. Fuck the love. The love is great, but you know what I'm doing? I'm doing it for the fucking money too, but I'm not selling out. Do you understand? Yeah. I want Same to. Truth. I want us to embrace the fact that we can make money doing this. Yeah. Because the more people that go, you know what? I'm a starving artist. I'm like, shut your mouth. <laughs> because every time you say that, some fucking producer is going to go, oh, cracking the knuckles. I can use you. Yeah. And you're not going to. Because you're desperate. It, fuck desperate. Yeah, I shouldn't have even said that word. No, I'm glad that you did. We're not desperate. Because, you know, again, let's go back to this. Thoughts are things, thoughts are things, thoughts are things. You know, the moment that you say that, you believe it. Yeah. No, you're so true. You're so right. And and if I was more afraid, I wouldn't be here. Do you mean more afraid or afraid? If I was, yeah, I mean afraid. Right. If I was afraid to live this life, I wouldn't be living this life. Right. If I wanted a house, if my goal always and forever was to buy a house, I would have a house. Goddamn right. And it would be in Michigan <laughs> where I could afford one. Uh-huh. And that would be a Not where you dream. can afford one, where you want to live. Where I want to live. And that would be a different dream. Absolutely. No. My sounds- ultimate dream is to, is to have this life and have a house in Michigan as well. What I'm saying is you're, you just set up that thing as if you can't have it. If you want to listen to what the fuck we just said, because everything that you just said was, Jamie was enumerated so clearly, was told to me so clearly that that I believe you want that and you just haven't given yourself permission to say, that's exactly what I want. Yes, yes. No, you're right. And I have to do that. That's the- You don't have to do that. You don't have to do that. I'm doing it because that's the secret. That's Naima Funk is all about the secret. Yep. All over her house. It's like on the walls. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And look at her. Good. And look at her. She fucking, she, that, Naima, she's been on the podcast. Naima walks through the, walks, she does, she's not on the earth. She yeah. is above the earth. Do you understand what yeah. I mean? That she fucker floats. is floating. She's floating. <laughs> and she's floating because like, I can't be bothered. I fucking can't be bothered with things that, that bother me. I can't be bothered. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah. Do you agree with that? She's absolutely, that is absolutely true. Right. She has, and she and I have these conversations too, because you're right, thoughts are things. And that, this, this life is a blessing. And I do not wallow in self-pity because what I said about Naomi Watts and Nicole Kidman, there are people who look at me and, and I know, and, and because of that, I don't disparage myself and I don't, I don't bitch and moan about where I'm at because there are people who would be happy to be where I'm at and I have to be happy where I am as well. You don't have to be. You get to be happy. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to keep saying that. No, that's good. I, I need that. My friend used to do that. that. That get to, have to, get to thing is really good. It's really good. I get to be happy in this moment. Yep. And whoever is just taking a class, if, if walking in the front door of Second City Hollywood and taking an improv class, they've made a step 
that other people are, have, are afraid to make. Right. And I tell aren't them. Aren't ready to make. Aren't are, are ready and are afraid. Right. I mean, we get rosters where people's, they're people that don't show up. Right. And, and once I met one whose name I had had on a roster, and then I saw the same name again later, and I, I had it on two different things, and I go, what, what, what happened? And she said, I was scared. So she paid for the class. I don't what, know how So what do you say? Money. What do you say to somebody who is scared? What do you say to them? I say, welcome. You're here now. She made it. That's it. That's exactly what I would say too. And here's another thing. You say, you said, I get to be happy right now. Here's another thing that you get to be if you are there. I get to be sad right now. I get to be yeah. angry right now. I get to be confused right now. I get to be jealous right now. But all that's be- being in the moment, which is just what we said at the beginning of our conversation. That's how that's We goes. have to be in the moment. Right. It's like I can't. I can't leave a place and, and, you know, that's why I don't like doing postmortems after improv shows. No. I like to say the things we liked. Right. But I don't like to do too much analyzing because, because then I find I, I'm apologizing then. Sorry I entered your scene or whatever. I would rather just not think about that shit. Right. Again. Well, this is what I like to do. Uh, Carrie and I do this. We'll do, Carrie Clifford and I do this. We'll, we'll do... We did this scene, we did that 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 scene. And then we go, let's have a drink. I like to do that because sometimes I forget. That's what I'm doing. And and then later on, if I want to think about that scene, that was really fun to do that. And last night's show. So so cherry pick is this. Um, Oh, my God, you guys, you've been running this show for a really long time. You host the show and you get, Cherry gets to play the show. It's a cast, a really great cast. And uh, you, there are two teachers or performers, actors, yes. uh, who are veterans, yes. who play Two with veterans. five. Well, there's supposed to be three veterans. I'm sorry. So and, let's but just, one last night just wasn't able to come at the last minute. Okay. So, but you, then you have five people whose, na- whose, whose, whose uh, ID, uh, student well, IDs are... it should are, be four. Okay. So, so let's say four. four so three. their names are picked out of a fishbowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's student IDs. And so these three teachers play with these four mm-hmm. actors or students. Yes. Now, normally, and this is at 1130 at night. Yes. Which is something that I go... Eleven. Eleven. It, it well, became... It was, it, we it, ran late. Yes. We are <laughs> Which is fine. So... My point uh, I'm going to do is this. Um, last night's show was such... It doesn't usually go like this no. for me. Last night's show, the Cherry Pick show, was such a love fest. Yeah. It was a fucking love fest. And usually this there's... It's an organic opener. That never happens. It was the most beautiful thing I, I've ever witnessed. They're, you're doing like a, a Herald-esque opening, which is, is I think, personally, in, in three years of doing the show, might be the first time I've ever seen that happen. <laughs> maybe, the fir- maybe the first. I, I came in there with an agenda. I'm going to tell you. <laughs> I came in with an agenda. And my well, agenda was this. that's the first rule of all good And <laughs> <laughs> uh, My agenda was very vague, was vague, which I love, having a vague agenda. My agenda was vague, and this is the, my agenda. My agenda was this. Make things that are happening continue to happen. That's my agenda. Oh, that's Make things that are happening continue to happen. Yeah. I don't because, even think you should say that's an agenda. That was like a goal, a beautiful goal. It's a, it's, a, it's a goal because so many times I go there and I have to say this to a, stu- to a student that I'm performing with, listen to me, listen, listen to me as a character. Yeah actor, teacher, yeah. and it's like, don't make me bring my director, teacher into this character, actor yeah. that I'm playing right now. Yeah, yeah. But yesterday was these four guys looking at everything going on and just going, we, we get to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to keep doing this. We're going to keep doing this. And when that happens, it's just a beautiful thing that we're sharing those fucking moments. Oh, yeah. 
that's that's the those are the like sweet moments. Yeah. Yeah. I was so proud of everybody. Yeah. And that's and and I I have that a lot with with Heyday, which is my hero team on Wednesdays now. We love each other and we all have improv crushes on each other. And when we when we if if things aren't going well, we're all on board with them as they start to not go well. And nobody checks out and nobody looks pissed and nobody is mad at anybody. And then when things go great, we're just it's like a it's like a love fest. It's just I never want the honeymoon to end with with me and that team. It's just very like everyone is so and not to say it isn't this way with Cherry either, but it when it happens, it's so beautiful because everyone is just like together. I get it. And yeah. I get it. And while you're saying that, I'm thinking that is not just available for our life to go, this moment that we have in this moment is the greatest fucking moment. It's a great fucking moment. Yeah. Wherever it is that you are, you're in line at the supermarket, you're in traffic, or you're, you're in your car in traffic, you're, you're mm-hmm. sailing through traffic, you're in line on the gateway in order to get your the Delta Your favorite song comes on the radio. Clearly, in that moment, you go, this is what's happening right now. My favorite song is on the radio. I am listening to this song on the radio. Yeah. To be There's present- a mountain in my view. Oh my God, how many times have you driven in LA, and I think this is really true not just in LA but in any city where certainly New York Chicago Detroit where you're driving and you look up and you look up yeah and you look up yeah. instead of looking about exactly what's in front of you you look up and the moment that you look up you go why didn't I look up and I'll tell you why I didn't look up I didn't look up because I was in my fucking head yeah and now I'm looking up and there's a mountain yeah and there's that cloud that's it look up yeah, you're so right. Look up. When, when Nancy and Neil moved here, uh-huh. it, it helped remind me of how much beauty there is. Every time someone moves here, I'm more cognizant of the weather and the right. beauty and the mountains and the trees and the breeze and the whole the whole nine yards. Especially when people move here in the winter coming from New York or Michigan or Chicago. And I'm like, and I, I think to myself, like, wow, imagine what they just left weather-wise. I do think that this weather is very, um, it's like a a positive energy. It it can be, but you're right. If you're not, if you're not looking at it. Here's another thing that happens when these people come to, to, from these other cities. And And it's what I love about traveling is because these people are coming from other cities, they're getting their beginner's eyes in your head. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's it. and, And so at that moment you're going, oh my God, right now what you've taken away from me is you've erased this you've erased the cynicism sunglasses that i put mm-hmm. on you've erased the de rigueur uh sweater that i've been wearing you've erased all that and you're allowing me it's sort of like having a kid or a dog a puppy or a kitten a kitten not so much but but toddler. a dog a toddler toddler, toddler. a toddler you know we're <laughs> toddler you're going to come over and you're going to see the new toddler so the toddler so the idea that a kid is walking you're walking for some reason i was thinking of walking down this street with a kid on a leash but no so <laughs> A toddler. They do make those. Yeah, they do make those. I think. Yeah, they do make those. Um, uh, so in that moment that your dog or your, your child is walking and they're stopping and they're slowing, and they're looking and you're going, can we pick up the pace? And you go, nope. This is what they're doing. They're looking at this thing that's happening right the mm-hmm. fuck now. Let them look at it. And then you look at it. Yeah. And then you see it anew. Right. Yeah. That's a beautiful thing about kids. That's a beautiful thing about a lot of people that we play with. Is, is we're all, or artists in general, we're 
someone will post something. I'm like, I fucking have never thought about it in that way. Yeah. And you just thought about it in that way. Yeah. They're seeing things with the excitement of being alive in this moment right now. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. Last night, some of my students were talking to me about when I first started at Second City in classes. And it really brought me back to that. And it was nice to think about that. And again, to think where I've come from to where I am now. And that they're at the beginning of that same, you know, they're like, I'm thinking about taking the long form program. And maybe I want to go over and take it to this school or that school. It's nice to, it's, it's like you have, they have options and we all do. And we continue to have options. It's a choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. Yeah. Choose and your it's own choose your own adventure. And, and that can be true of any person in any career. Right. And, and what that casting director said about take a class or do a thing, that's true of anybody. You could be a, a, a high-level executive at a Fortune 500 company and love your house and your vacations and maybe still you're missing a little something. Those are the people who I would say maybe you should take a ceramics class or maybe an improv class or a cooking class or maybe go out on a boat. You know, right. you've got the money. Yeah. Go out on a boat and go out in the middle of the lake and relax your shit, you know? There's a, relax your crack. There's a, <laughs> there's an advert, or there's a, there's an, uh, an, a commercial online that I saw for GoPro. Is that the camera? Yeah, that's the camera you wear in your head. Yeah. And it just shows all the people doing all the things that all the people are doing. It's like, Jesus Christ, everybody's living their life. <laughs> people are doing things. They're living their life. They're doing these things. And it's just so awesome to now live in a world. And you, and you said these, these kids have these new, these, they're not necessarily kids, but they have options. Yeah. And some of them have options that we didn't have. And here's the thing. I'm not saying that I, we lived in lack at that time because we had options, but they've got options of the long form program yeah. and the short form program and the IO and UCB and all these other places yeah. that are happening. And it's a fucking different world. Yeah. It's really a different world. Yeah. And even though we do live in the IO world or the second city world, um, the moment we go to UCB, which I never go to, uh, the moment I go to UCB, I'm like, oh, there's a whole different world that's happening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Let alone also the stand-ups. Right. And his, or the actors. The actors. Yeah. The actors right? who, ne the actors who ne you never see. Right. Yeah. You, who are at the Odyssey or who are at the Amundsen or who are at the Taper yeah. and those people. And that's why, you know, I've got almost... I. I pare it down, but I've got pretty close to 5,000 friends online, and I don't know them. But when I look at them, I go, oh, I recognize that name. I know that name because I'm trying not to make it so that I don't have a fan, fan yeah. page. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so I'm looking at all these people, and I'm looking at these people, and I'm seeing who these people know, these other people that know these other people. What an amazing world we live in yeah. right now. Yeah. That's the upside of the internet. You know, the downside is is uh, like what we were talking about with bullying, which is just awful and, you know, uh, little things like that. But the upside is like I really am thankful for Facebook to, because I really love to be able to see my friends in Michigan and their kids grow and and to know what's going on with them. And I'm not a huge talk on the phone person. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a texter and I'm an in-person person. But to be able to go on Facebook and go like, oh, happy birthday to your little baby, it makes me feel um, connected to them in some way still, which, you know, I know people are like, I hate Facebook or some people take Facebook breaks. And I'm like, I, I definitely think I could probably look at Facebook a little less, but it, I would never disable my account because I need to see those people. It's nice to see them. It's nice to see their kids 
I really think that we're across across the country from my most most of my favorite people in the world. You know, right. so that's hard. And I think imagine when people moved here in like, you know, 1970 or whatever. It's like if they wanted to keep in touch, they best to be writing some letters or getting on their landline, <laughs> exactly. you know, like it's right. It, and that same luck and blessed too blessed to be stressed that we moved here and had people that we already knew from oh second my god city. oh my god oh, can you imagine the second city community that we were able to just get in right away like i left the main stage january 5th january 14th i will never forget it january 14th i'm in Santa Monica with Jeff Machowski and Jane Morris and George Went and all these people yeah. and Danny Breen and all these Mark Beltzman and all these P Second City people and and everybody's like whoa hey let's are you gonna do a show it's like great I just performed I was on the main stage three hundred and thirty people a night and that's and they're looking out of the house going we got we got ten people yeah let's do the show yeah. like okay. yeah that you could even show up and hang out with those friends. This kid from Kansas, they get here, they don't know a soul. Right, and God bless them. Those are the people that you go. I admire them. Oh, it's that fear that they go, okay, when, <laughs> this is what ends up happening, is fear is probably, I mean, if you want to look at it going, fear is the top emotion that they have at some point. They're going fear. And then what ends up happening is that that fear starts getting like, so the excitement, the excitement of moving out starts to move up, move up, move up, move up in places in their heart and in their brain and in their fear. Their fear then gets diluted because the excitement of coming out here, the curiosity that's coming out here, the, the, the world of possibilities quashes that fear. So fear is not the default emotion that we have. It's just an emotion. An emotion that you get to have in a moment. And you get to be aware of that. Yeah. That's not to say that fear doesn't belong. It's to say that fear will go away. Yeah. And you shouldn't let it be the ruling emotion. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I believe me, I spend a lot of time worrying, uh, not worrying about that, thinking about that, which is why I, you know, don't want to be a person who is in a state of worry. I'm a happy person that's by nature. It. Right. And that's the more prevalent emotion. Right. Right. And that person, that emotion, happiness needs to talk to fear and be like, yeah, you exist, but you're not going to override. Here's, here's the thing. You exist and I exist. Yeah. Can we both exist? Yes. I think so. Absolutely. Oh, I think because so Because happiness is what put me on that plane to come out here right. in 2009. But here's another thing. Before happiness put you on the plane, something happened before happiness. Yeah. Do you understand? Happiness just was what you were doing while you were on the plane in 2009. Yeah. Prior to that was anxiety, planning, like all those desire, other... Desire. Desire. Yeah. My God, desire, desire. Desire. And I think that what's up ha what ends up happening so often is someone has desire and then decides that they're a worrier. And then desire gets, loses that battle. There doesn't have to be a battle. Yeah. So someone will have a desire or they'll say fear. So desire and fear have a battle. Why are they fucking having a battle? We're all, at some point, my desire is going to be higher on that than my fear. Yeah, absolutely. And, and anybody can have this battle and anybody can overcome it. So, you know, you, you could have, you could have these, you could have a career as, as, as an actor, as an improviser, you could have a family if that's your bag, you could have cats and dogs if that's your thing, you can have a dinner party every night if that's your bag, whatever you want can be achieved, but you have to 
squelch that that voice that says this is impossible. You, what you have, I think, at that moment, it's not to squelch it. It's just not listen to it. Yeah, or shut understand? it up, smack it. Well, it's not, it's not going to shut up because it's always going it's to never going to go away. Yeah, this is what you have to do. You've got to have a relationship because I I look at it as, and I've mentioned this before. I look at that voice because it's the ego voice. It's the ego voice, and, and it's not the ego voice like a like a Sigmund Freud ego voice. It's the ego voice of Eckhart <laughs> Tolle ego voice, which is the, the voice of doubt, yeah. the voice of wanting to keep things status quo. So Just don't let that voice overtake. Well, here's the thing. Another thing. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go a different route on that, and I'm gonna go. Don't engage with it. Acknowledge that it's there, and go. You know what? I'm not listening to you. Because the moment that you know that it's there, it's never gonna go away, Jamie. Yeah. No, you're right. No, and of course not. Right. All that you can do is... I say no plant food for that voice. Exactly. Well, you could say that too. Or I could say, I'm not talking to you right now. And when I need to feel sorry for myself, I'll call you. And when I need to feel fear, I'll call you. Because I know very well what you do. I know who you are, Avatar. And we all have it. Yes. And that's the thing that, that is... I think people have it in every career. They have it no matter what. Even though, even like a, a juice head who's like buffing up and getting it, you know, uh, my 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 calves are too skinny. I don't know what. That's the I main should, thing. I should stop doing this because I can't get. Look at that guy's calves. It's the same thing as look at that person got that part. Well, you know, what? I love when people get parts. I'm not one of these people who sees someone on Facebook like I booked it, and right. I'm not one of these people who's like, no, why I no book it, you know? Why I no book yeah, it? Why I no book it? Or maybe if you were to go percentages, there might be like seven percent of why I no book it right. in my head, and and but the rest of it is like hooray because the more people that book stuff around me means that it's absolutely possible for all of us to book. It's there's there's so much work to be had in this town. So if someone books, you know, and I do know people who are like that, and I oh, yeah. hate that negativity. Right. And I'm not going to sit here and lie to you and say that there's not a little bit of that, but I would say that the vast majority of me is always just like, yes, 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 you yep. did it, you did it, you did it. Yep, we did it, we did it, yeah, we, we did it, did we, it. Did we did it, it. we did it, we did it. I support people achieving their dreams, whatever their dreams may be. My God, it's just so true. The idea that, and I think a lot of people go, oh, that they took my job. It's like, really? No way. Right? You know what? Everybody's looking at Meryl Streep's, Streep's calves and going, that's the calves that I <laughs> Yeah. You know? It's like, you know, looking at all that going, uh-uh, no, no, no. You get your own calves. Yeah. And she's so, you know, she's got that bit of, of humility and, and humor about her where I just think that she gets it too. You know, she just seems like she enjoys her life. Yep. She doesn't seem to be brooding in it. She enjoys her life. And God and, bless. And so do you. So yeah, when I you do. say, because I don't think, again, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this, I don't think that anybody goes, ah, oh, Jamie Moyer, man, she's a worrier. You know how right. I know that? She told me. Right. It's like, fuck that. Fuck that voice. Yeah. No, that- it's true. I, 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 and it is so, I'm so honest when I tell you that I do worry a lot, but I also am absolutely, I feel free. Who do you, when you worry a lot, does well, that... Well, I was a worried child, too, because... But I the thing is, that doesn't matter. Because yeah. for me, when I was a child, I was smaller. I'm not still buying small clothes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's so true. Yeah, I don't know why it carried over. It carried if you say over. it carried over, then it's going to fucking carry over. And it did, and it did. But but again, it's a small part of my personality. Right. It's it's a, if again, I like to go in percentages. The worrier is like a, is like a 
like probably a 20%. Really? Maybe, maybe 15, 20. No. It is. Single digits. 11? I'm fucking, five. no. <laughs> it could be five. Nine and a half. Because right now, okay, right now, we are sitting here, and I'm going to say 100% of our conversation has not been you showing me what a fucking warrior you are. 100%. Do you agree with that? Uh, uh, no, I would say 98% because 2% was me telling you I'm a warrior. But that, for me, you weren't going, I'm a warrior. You're going, I'm a warrior. You know what I mean? Like there was a buoyancy to that lie. Oh. oh. All right, let's end there. Okay, bye. That was really good. That was so good. Ah. Thank you for listening to ADD Comedy. For Dave Rosowski, I'm Ian Foley. For more information on Dave, you can go to his website at www.davidrosowski.com or follow Dave on Twitter at drosowski.